Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. we're not sure if we can top our last episode where we got an exclusive interview with Gio Reyna. And please go back and listen if you missed it. We're going to try. But first, a question. And Heath, I'm coming to you first. On a scale of uh-huh. 1 to 10, with yeah. 1 being, I don't care if I make the World Cup roster or not, and 10 being, holy crap, we're less than two weeks away from me finding out if I'm going to represent my country at the World Cup. And I'm so nervous because it would be a dream come true. So it's hard for me to concentrate on anything else. Where would you be on the scale if you were in our player pool? Because I think this weekend is the biggest of the weekends because next weekend, mm. I feel like Greg Berhalter's already made his decisions. Uh, yeah, I mean, this weekend is, I mean, I just go back to, again, my cycle where we had like a, I don't know, a week or something, 10-day camp or whatever it was, where like it was like the last tryout. And that one was weird because you're in and amongst the group and then being like selected or not selected. And I always knew I was on the fringe as it was. And that one seems more stressful than now where it's like, you're just controlling what you can control in your club scenario. And at least like, you know, you don't have to fly to Chicago and get yelled at by the Chicago fans being called a USMNT reject while you warm up at halftime. <laughs> uh, the day after Here we cut. go. Therapy so session. When I, yeah. So when I, so when I think about that, I'm like, you know, it's a pretty good, it, it's a pretty good, I think it's the best case scenario for a lot of these guys, although you would wish the team could be together before the World Cup and spend some time together uh, in a way that they won't now. But they've got to all be nervous. But I have a feeling Greg's having conversations and it's fluid. I think there was... So he's he's breaking hearts behind the scenes instead of doing it in front of your face. I don't know if face, he's breaking like hearts behind the scenes, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, because, look, there's no way, like, you can't you can't give the news too soon because we've seen already, right? Matt Matt Turner's got a little bit of a knock. We saw uh, Luca De La Torre's got a knock. Like, so, but you are having conversations at least to know that, like, hey, you're on, the like, at least the four, five, six players that are on the fringe, and then the rest you can say, like, pending injury, you're, you're, you're in the team. And I think that's a a way that you have to do that because the mystery could be kind of overwhelming, right? So I think focusing on your club and focusing on these games at hand, knowing that you're, what are we, like, I don't know, eight days out, 10 days out from from the, the roster selection, it's, it's yeah. got to be pretty nerve-wracking, regardless of how anybody tries to play it off. It's like, oh, you know, I'm just chilling, focusing on me. And you're like, nah, man, you're not sleeping at night. So where are no, you scale? Where are you on the scale then? You at 10? Or where, where are you if you're one of the guys? I mean, Jimmy, I only know my own situation the way it was, and I was a fringe player. So, like, uh, when it came that would be a roster 10. selection, yeah, 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 it'd be a ten uh, for sure. Like, I would be um, pretty stressed out. But the world is much more connected than it was a decade ago, and so I think I think about that through that context of like being able to know like how you're actually playing versus like people being like, well, I don't know, kicker gave him a 
three-star rating, so he must be doing okay in the game. Uh, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I, we all know build, that you want build, that. To... Build, build tabloid going like, oh, yeah, he looked pretty good out there, but what's up with his shoes? You know, and then yeah, being like, yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's cool. You know, that, that, that works. That special text relationship with Mike Sorber. I know you always wanted that. Charlie, where yeah. are you on this scale? Hey, hold on real quick, Jimmy. I just realized with my, with, with my uh, denim jacket I've got on, like, I'd like to be – uh, Hollywood Heath Ledger Conrad uh, Pierce now. You know, I almost said Conrad. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I'll add Ledger to your. Uh, I got. Or Dylan Hall. Yeah. Or Dylan Hall. Yeah. There's. Uh, for those that can't see what Heath is wearing, he's got a denim jacket on, and it's got straight off a mountain. It's straight off a mountain. We'll go. Hey, there. you Charlie know anybody Davies. that's in tech? You gotta. You gotta keep. You gotta keep the tech cold. You know. You gotta keep the studio <laughs> cold. So that's why I got the jacket on. You know? Charlie, where are you on the scale? I, I assume. You're, as a normal human being, you'd be nervous at this point. And this is a big weekend. When we get into where the players are playing and who they're playing against, this is a really stiff test for, for some guys that could really dictate whether they make the team or whether they're going to be starters, right? There's different levels to why you'd be nervous, I'd say. I'd say. Yes. I would say it'd be more excitement than, than nerves. So I'd probably be more on the three, the three range, mm -hmm. three to four in terms of just making sure I'm healthy and I'm fit, but I'm excited. I, I I wouldn't have any doubts of making the roster if if I were in some player's shoes on the outside looking. If I was a Sam Vines or you know um, Joe Scally, Joe Scally, I am I am on a ten. I'm on a twelve. But, <laughs> but you know Eunice Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams. You know you're going, but it, you just want to make sure you're fit. You're 100 yeah, percent yeah. ready to go. So there there's the nerves of. I just want to make sure I don't get injured in the five games left before before we, we head to Qatar. And then there's the, oh boy, I'm playing in my first World Cup. I get to represent my country and we have a real chance to get out of this group. Okay. What about you? Well, well, no, I'd be nervous. I'd be I'd be in the 10 range for sure. Very similar to Heath. I was a fringe player, so I was definitely never <clears throat> entirely comfortable that I was going to make the team. And so I needed that that confirmation on Sports Center by Bruce Arena to actually see my name in lights that uh, before I could really believe that I was. Hold, hold on, Jimmy. Be there. On, on on that, did you was there ever a time where there was another camp coming and you were like, was there a window where you were like, yep, call up, not even thinking about it, don't need to know. Remember, because they used to send out the preliminary roster yeah, yeah. in an email, and then you get the 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 the, the final roster. Was there ever a time, and I know I went through it every time, almost every time I was like, man, I hope I get to that next roster, right? Uh, was no, there a no, time I where was, you felt that you had no, that comfort? I, I mean, coming out of a World Cup or going into a World Cup? Charlie, how about, how about you? I mean, we'd all been in and out of national teams throughout our, our, our tenures, but was there ever a time? I mean, we know Charlie's window of time where where he was like, yeah, I'm not worried about getting Maybe January it, camps. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't yeah January, my first January camp. I'm okay. you know, I was sitting there waiting, looking at my email, like, all right, come on, let me, let that invitation come through. And then when you see it, sim similar to your first cap, you hear, mm -hmm. you know, that there's a possibility that you could be coming in. You're, you're on 12 sitting yeah, there waiting yeah, and, and, yeah. and hoping. And then when you see it come through, uh -huh. yeah. And then I've been on the opposite end where you don't get that email and you're like, ah, oh, like it stings, it hurts. But all you can do is say, all right, I gotta, I gotta keep going. And yep, to us yep. on the outside, uh, sorry, Jimmy, I wanted to say for Go us ahead. on the outside, looking at those moments, you it's the difference between you and another player is so incremental, right? In your mind. And now for us as fans, like we could pick apart Zimmerman versus Long versus McKenzie and Eric Palmer Brown and all of them as defenders all day long. But when you're in that pool and you have that mentality, no matter who gets called up over you, you're still never going like they're better than me, right? And maybe that's a, a the boundaries you create, but like that's the hard part is that when you don't get selected it's never because you're like oh yeah that guy's better very rarely is that the case where it's like you know whoever's competing with Landon donovan for 15 years gets to say that but anybody else is kind of like incremental uh differences between selections yeah yeah no i, I like that and it's a nice segue into a tweet that i saw that i want charlie to address who didn't didn't address it in our group text because there's a lot mm -hmm. going on charlie's at destination brooklyn on paramount plus for the champions league rubbing shoulders with thierry Henry amongst others and Somebody, as I was sifting through stuff, doing research throughout the week, there was a tweet where somebody said Charlie Davies wouldn't even sniff being on this World Cup roster, and I was like, I gotta oh hear from Chuck about this. <laughs> Chuck, what are you what What are you saying? What What like not, like it wasn't even he he might have had a chance, but I don't see him. It wasn't. It was like he 
he doesn't he wouldn't have a sniff to make this World Cup roster. And and I need to hear from the man himself, Charlie Davies. Well, the mic the, is the, yours. <laughs> the funny the funny thing is I did see it, but I was like, I'm not taking the bait here. Like, <laughs> what, what do I have to prove? Charlie well, Jimmy, Jimmy jumped in the water and took that bait right away, you know, and then just brought it all. <laughs> I didn't over respond here. to it. I just saw it and put it right into our group chat. <laughs> I, I, I would say Charlie 2.0 would even make this roster, right? That that was me on uh, one and a half legs because my right leg was an inch and a half shorter and I was injured. I think in my that especially in that 2014, 15 range when I was in the best version of my new self, when I had to, you know, I adjusted to the limitations my body had. I was a different type of player. I still think I would have made this this squad. Maybe might not have started, but for sure I'm I'm on the I'm on the plane to Qatar. Charlie 1.0 before my accident. Come on now. Charlie way saying suck I, it haters. Like, Charlie's I, saying say, that this gener- uh, this roster is the worst one in the last few uh, World <laughs> Cups is what basically Charlie's what, saying. What what, what I and, and this was the thing that came out of the Paramount Plus um, when we were with with Thierry Henry and he was at he was asked which generation is better and he was like it's not even close it's the generation to my left and that featured Clint myself um, you know obviously Mo do but. What I was saying is, yeah, that might be right now. Our generation is better because our generation is done. We we did our thing. This generation has the potential to be better than us. Not even that's not even a question. But they still have so much potential to fulfill. Yet it's not done. Right. Where they're starting from is far greater than we were. But we we had character. We had we had different uh, players who had these attributes, and it all worked well together. And we it was a grind. And we were we were gr- very adaptable to whoever we were playing against. We knew when we were better, we could keep possession. We could we could we had players with flair. We could do all that. Versus when we had to play Brazil, Spain, Argentina, whoever it was, we rolled up the sleeves. We go, this one's not going to be pretty. If we want to win this game, we got to change our style of play, and it's a real com- team commitment. And we were able to do that. It was that flexibility. This team's still working through that. I, I don't have yeah. any doubts that they have the players and the potential to overcome all of us, but it's not a given. We all know that. And I, so I, well, I love I that insight because I think there's there. ultimately when I scrape away everything that you said and try to break it down into one or two words, it's just we have a lot of unknown about this team. Okay, we've seen some evidence of it in certain games, World Cup qualifying, uh, Nations League final, whatever it is. But we won't know until we know, and that's when the World Cup comes and the whistle blows, and we're going to figure out exactly who we are and what kind of character we have within this yeah. group and what that means for 2026. So we can talk about it and speculate it, but we won't know until we know. My, I, one thing, Charlie, I know you want to jump in real quick, but but I, I wanted to say this. And and when I played under Shellis Heinemann at, at FC Dallas, I he was insane. Um, I, I just want to start with that. He, he said a lot of crazy stuff. But one thing he said to me that stuck with me and it's probably the one thing that I took out of out of out of any all the things that he said over a year was he was just wasn't buying into potential. He was like, and he said, potential is just talent that's unfulfilled. And I remember thinking about that uh, through the, through the context of all this is that like we often create these crutches of potential, right? But Charlie's right in the context of of all this. Yeah, they could be better. They could be way better than any generation we've ever had. But it's still unfulfilled talent, right? It's not developed it's not it's not uh you know it's raw material still that needs to be shaped and molded and and as long as it is that it will never be better than old generations and and so that that's one quote that i think has stuck with me that he said um that i think is is really good context for this group right now and 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 i would say this too there's a lot of people like Thierry's just bitter he's old you know he's uh, he doesn't know our players Thierry heath i'm sure you're aware of it he is astute. Like he absolutely loves the game where he watches it 24-7. He watches Major League Soccer. He watches, he knows all the players. Like people are like, oh, he doesn't, he knows every player. He I, I was testing him after dinner because we did that whole quiz show on Champions League knowledge. I asked him Premier League questions, MLS questions, and he was getting them right. And I was like, oh, damn. Like you, he's a student of the game. He knows it. So there's on one hand, He's very bullish on certain things and, and, you know, certain generations, how everything had to be earned. It was nothing was given. Yeah. But there, there, there's some things that you're like, oh, yeah, I see that. And some are like, I don't know if I agree with that or 
I never thought of it in that way, and I get where you're yeah. coming from, but I think for this well, team, this he went after Pulisic. He went after Pulisic on the whole like that's yeah. not an assist thing, where Pulisic drove well, inside, cut it back, drew four players over to open up yeah. a pass down the middle, who gets buried uh, by by Havertz, but he he goes that's not an assist, and that's I think what what triggers everybody where you're like, well, eh. yeah, of course, I mean Jamie Carragher is a perfect example, right? But let me give you this story of Thierry, and this is why I think it goes in the. To, to Christian Pulisic. He goes like this. And I could listen to Thierry talk for 24 hours straight because of all the stories that are, he's coming out with. But Barcelona, call him. They want to bring him to Barca. He turns it down. Now the next year, he's at the training center at Arsenal. He looks at his, his watch. It's 12.30 p.m. Everybody's home. Every single player has gone home after training. And he's looking around. He's like, I'm not getting pushed here. I'm 29 years old. What am I doing? This is not a, a place for me to grow. So he picks up his phone and calls Frank Rijkaard and goes, hey, I'm ready to go to Barcelona. Barcelona had just won the Champions League. And the manager, Frank Rijkaard, goes, oh, you want to come now? Okay. Well, let me tell you this. My starting front three is Ronaldinho on the left, <laughs> Lionel Messi on the right, and Samuel Eto up top. That's not changing. That's my, that's my starting lineup. Do you still want to come? And Thierry said, I'm coming. And he took that. He took that leap. Now, obviously, that's Thierry, but it just puts into perspective. He's going to to challenge himself because he wants to be in that environment to get pushed. And he struggled at Barcelona for a while, too, by the way, until he He figured out. He watched that get the ball, get the ball, give the ball, or whatever that documentary is where it talks about like until he was willing to run in behind and do all this dirty work off the ball that had nothing to do with him, he wasn't going to play. And then he had to learn to play, play, uh, and talk about really eating humble pie, right? Heath, it's like, You've done all this. You've had this incredible career. Now you're playing on the wing, no more centrally, and you have to track back and defend it right back. And <laughs> yeah. For, for somebody and by the way, with- that was during the time that Arsenal said, uh, Arsenal board came out and said they basically had a blank check to give to Thierry to keep him there forever. But then there's also the other side of the story where Arsene Wenger is saying, like, basically, this guy was becoming too much for our locker room, and we could have spent anything to keep him there to get him there and we were willing to let him go as well because he sort of just outgrew our locker room. You know, another, uh, uh, I know, I know this, this isn't the Thierry Henry show, but he, you get a lot of retrospect stuff from these kinds of guys that are very astute, right? I went with them to the Arsenal training grounds. We walked through it and we walked through the reserve parking lot and you could see all these crazy cars. And he just went through and he's like, look, when you came through here before you didn't have any of this, but now you have all these kids that are signing 16, 17 years old, big first team contracts. So the club can, could, could keep them. And he started pointing through, he goes, you know, like great hundred, hundred thousand dollar and up cars. And he's just pointing, going, never train with the first team, never train with the first team, never train with the first team. You know, that guy trains once in a while. That kid's not even old enough to drive. His mom has to drive him in his car every day and walk through of like the old generation where like, if you took more than two touches, you got kicked. So like there is some, you know, perspective of just generational shifts and things like that, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly, certainly he's got some, some of those wild stories. Well, this current group then has their chance to prove Thierry wrong, to show how mentally tough they are and what kind of character they have with three games in the World Cup. So we'll see how they do. But before we get there, we have to preview this weekend because we're going to get some of our players taking on some very tough tests. I'm going to start on Saturday. Valencia, Yunus Musa, who's come back from injury and started three straight games, though they haven't won any of those three games. They're at home to Barcelona, who just crashed out of the Champions League, going to go drop down to the Europa League. But have been pretty pretty excellent in La Liga, all things considered, minus losing to Real Madrid and El Clasico. Very curious to see how Yunus Musa plays in this one. I think it'll be a good test for him to go up against some of the best, uh, let's say, young midfielders in the world. I think he'll go up against Pedri or, or Gabi, or hopefully he'll be running by the dinosaur name Sergio Busquets. But a uh, good test for him, Charlie, Charlie Davies, to really cut his teeth against uh, some very, very good players, especially because... He's going to have to figure out how to have success against a team that's going to have a lot of possession. Not to say we're going to face a team in the World Cup that's going to be out and out like a Spain or or the, the Tiki Tikes where they're trying to have 85% possession and that's how they're going to possess you to death. But how he picks his spots I think will be really important to potentially keeping him sharp for what we're going to run into. Uh, 100%. This is a, a phenomenal match in terms of like the tempo and dealing with a team who – can, can uh, you, by the way, no, 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 hold on, real quick. Char- Yunus Musa is out for the weekend. Um, is he? Suspend. He's suspended on on, for on sure? yellow cards. Yeah, yeah. You sure? Yellow card accumulation. Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't okay. read that. All right. Well, well let's let's move on job. to the next one. So yeah. Luca De La Torre. 
Yeah, you know what? I he's just saw that well. on he's soccer. I saw that on. I just saw that on soccer. Soccer by eyes. So, like saying it was a yellow card accumulation. So he's out for this one. All right. All so right. let's go to Luca Della Torre. Well, Luca Della Torre <laughs> and Celta Vigo are going to take on Almeria. Hold on, hold on, guys. He's out today. too. He's, he's out. out. Oh, he's out for three weeks. No. So, so okay. Let's talk about Della Torre then, in the context of what he brings to the table and the fact that we have our first game against Wales in 24 days, and apparently he's being reported he'll be out for three weeks. Do you take him, Heath Pierce? Do you take him? No, I mean, three weeks is never three weeks. We know that like three weeks is two weeks. If you're trying to make a roster and, and you're at high risk, but if it's some sort of, if it's an ankle, if it's, you know, that type of thing, no problem. If it's muscular, no chance you take him. You got no chance. Like, I don't think his role was big enough. I think he showed a lot of flashes and I think he's a quality player, but between his role and his minutes uh, is enough to, 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 to keep him on now. Having said that, you you go and you go, yes or no is, is one thing if you make that binary, but like you also have to say then then who are we taking instead? You know? Uh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like who are we going deeper into the roster? Does that give you a chance to bring a Paul Ariola, different position, but still somebody different? Does that does that change things? Does that put Christian Roldan back in the conversation? I don't think so. So if well, you're saying Christian Roldan or Luca De La Torre, then what's that? I, th I think Malik Tillman is one that yeah, slides yeah, right in. You think of the guys that yeah. are playing consistently, you know. James Sands is playing Champions League with Rangers has played. I don't think he's a midfielder in my mind because he doesn't he can't cover enough ground. And as a center back, I mean, we're, we kind of need center backs right now. So maybe that's a, an option for him. But um, yeah, it, I think it opens up guys who are, who are on the verge of playing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there just with De La Torre's position. And then, of course, if he's not going to go and Greg makes his decision, who does get brought in? I think it does open it up a little bit to some possibilities. All right, let's keep it moving. Christian Pulisic and Chelsea. Charlie's going to go into the comments. Here he yeah. goes. Going to the comments. I know, he's yeah. I know what he's going, going for. The comments. I see yeah. it. I know what he's going for. Get that. Uh, get that finger ready. Sometimes he's taking the bait. Yeah. Oh, there it is. double digits in Sweden, but he should be there in Qatar. Oh, no hate, just fact. Do you want me to score triple digits in Sweden? <laughs> is, is, is playing in Sweden an easy league? I, so I'm, I'm trying to understand that. And then I went to France and – Played against the league champions, Bordeaux, and scored a brace. Is that good enough to make the squad? Not, clearly not. Uh, not. Yeah. Come on, Jordan Death Kiss. Do you, top do you Death, Death Kiss, Death Kiss Death chose Kiss violence 83. today, and now he's running into it. He's, just so everybody knows, Charlie. he said Charlie only scored double digits in Sweden, but he should be there in Qatar. No hate, just fact. And uh, Charlie has given his <laughs> return. Uh, Death, Death, Death Kiss, Kiss I, took, I, took, I took the bait. Good job. You, might you, might you want to set, set this one out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Charlie yeah. triggered Davies. He, he got triggered today. <laughs> we have a new nickname for Charlie. Charlie easily triggered Davies. All right, here oh, we go. Oh, Christian Pulisic and Chelsea go to Brighton. So Grand Potter goes back to the Amex Stadium to face his former club. Christian Pulisic uh, coming off a start midweek in the Champions League. And uh, I think having... An assist, or at least did enough to create the assist for Kai Havertz to to get a, a very good shot off and a, and a good goal. But I don't know if he's going to start because we just don't know what his status is. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. He was a surprise start here. But this is a, a big game for Chelsea, all things considered. Obviously, Brighton's going to want to get some revenge for losing their manager halfway through. Any thoughts on this, Heath Pierce, with Christian Pulisic? And, and I mean, obviously, we want him to start. We want him to get valuable minutes, continue to prove his worth. I just don't know if we're going to see it. Yeah, I, I again just I always go back to just the roster that Chelsea have. There's no reason to start Pulisic if you don't want to, right? Regardless of the form that he's in, they've just got depth and quality and and more some equally established, but some more established and more experienced players. When you think about Sterling, uh, when you think about uh, Aubameyang, when you think about just like again a, a wider base of players that you can go to. The upside that I would say for that is that I'm again. He's, he's kind of fallen into my Weston McKinney category where it's like Weston McKinney going through tough times at, 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 at uh, Juventus doesn't bother me. He's one of those players that I'm like, high lows, whatever. He's just going to be consistent. He's going to play, and it's going to be manager selection at a big club. Either you play him or you don't. And he continues to find his way back onto the field. Christian Pulisic, different circumstance, but at least has that mentality that when he's getting his minutes, he looks active. He looks confident. He looks like he wants to do something. So... While I'd love to sit and nitpick on whether or not he should be able to start or not, or whether he should be playing in the squad, I'm I'm content knowing that his where his seemingly his mindset is in a positive place, which is what I want. 
Now, what I'll say, what I found interesting in the Champions League Also, game, fire Graham Potter if he doesn't start Christian Pulisic. <laughs> uh, against Salzburg is that Graham Potter put a 3-5-2 together and had Christian Pulisic, which looked like a wing back, Charlie, and then on the other side, Raheem Sterling. And it didn't really feel like it was flowing that well to start. <laughs> but it is interesting when, when Pulisic, because Tuchel tried it too at some point with Christian where he picks up the ball and he's got a little bit more runway to run at players with speed, but you're still trying to figure out a way to get him the ball in those areas. He's not as far up the field. And they had Havertz and Aubameyang up top. So it feels like Grand Potter's still tinkering a little bit, but it's interesting to see Christian Pulisic at wingback. He's too far away from goal at yeah. wingback. And, and let's be real, wingback, you're, you're defending more than you are attacking, uh, unless you're playing a, a, a really inferior opponent. But you're, you are – constantly running up and down defending and, and not really focused on figuring out ways to, to run at back lines. And I think we were talking about it with, with um, most of the guys, as far as how Christian should be featured in this Chelsea lineup. And in the er, earlier in the season, Mason Mount was not playing well. Chelsea, Christian should have been playing over Mason Mount. Mason Mount wasn't playing well. Kai Havertz wasn't playing well. We saw Timo Werner struggle, not playing well. Still gets the Sterling, the, the, not the playing well. But Sterling, Sterling, I, I have no no problem with Sterling. You can argue if he's out of form. Like, he's still there's still starters for the England national team. It's just the reality. Yeah, like he's he's going to play, and that's not an issue. But Mason Mount for me, Christian gives you a little. I think he's more dynamic than Mason Mount. He's quicker. I think he's better on the dribble. Mason Mount can definitely spray the ball better and. He can shoot from distance. I think he has a better shot than Christian. But when Christian's high up the pitch and he's effective in 1v1 situations, he is a better player for me than Mason Mount. But they gave Mason Mount time, and that now Mason Mount's in form. So right. he's not going to play over, over any of the three because he's not a, a withdrawn striker or a striker. So it makes it very difficult for him to play. And in those situations, I think it's good that he's there because he has to fight and push. But then I just feel like he's he's had that unfair treatment um, when when compared to other players, and we all know when you're dealing with English in, English internationals in the England English Premier League, it's it's an uphill battle no matter what. And you you're the only way you're going to stay on the pitch is if you're scoring a brace a game. You know you, you you're constantly having an impact, and it's going to be very difficult for Christian, I think, to to get into that rhythm given the limited opportunity. So, I think after the World Cup, you start thinking about what's next. Where where where's a good fit? But right now, all he can do is focus on on the, the task at hand, and that's playing and trying to make an impact every every minute he gets. Yeah, it's interesting. I think he is making – it feels like – I'll, I'll emphasize feels like he's making the most of his minutes and, and having an impact, especially on the attacking side of the ball. Even if it's those hockey assists or creating the space for the guy to cr create the assist or whatever it is, he's still doing enough to be a catalyst for the attack. What's interesting, though, is that there are some rumors that, that leads are looking – are interested. Newcastle obviously have shown some interest in Pulisic as well. And I wonder if he just needs to change leagues and maybe go to somewhere else to, to kind of, I don't know, take a, get recharged a little bit, a, a different mentality, different league, different style to have that success. Obviously we can get into that a little bit more. Let's I think the league would be great for him. It would be so great. It'd I be think fun. The league would be a, a great yeah. league for, for Christian. Yeah. I, uh, it'd have to obviously be a team that could set up. I mean, Sevilla does a really nice job of getting their wingers mm -hmm. involved. And so that'd be an interesting spot. They could use some help. All right, let's move it on in the Premier League. Fulham are taking on Everton at home at Craven Cottage. Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson are going to try to continue their hot start this season. Fulham are currently, currently in seventh and uh, they're going to be taking on Everton. Fulham, I think, are in a nice spot under manager Marco Silva to stay up. I don't think they're too far off. I think maybe 40 points would get you to stay up, probably less. They're at 18 points right now. And it's looking like that Tim Ream is probably, at least in my humble opinion, I think he's going to be considered as one of the center backs for the World Cup roster. I can't confirm or deny where I'm getting my sources, but it's looking like he is starting to be a better bet to make that happen. And that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. He's a captain of the Premier League team. And they're doing very, very well. As our resident left back, Jimmy. left footer on the show, Heath Pierce, any thoughts on Tim Ream? No, I got I got I What do you got? I want to ask the No, I want no, I mean, I think we're all pretty, pretty aligned with with Tim Ream. But my question back to you is how much of that, right? When we talk about like you can't really plan opportunity, right? You go out of that last camp, you look at the fact that we've got uh Chris Richards, who was a lock in the into the roster, I think, leading up to his injury. You've got uh, Robinson out, was a lock 
at the time of his, of his injury going into the World Cup, a starter in our world in our national team, right? Miles Robinson. You can't really just to confirm. Miles Robinson. Yeah, uh, you can't really plan that type of opportunity. But my question is, how much of this is a lack of confidence or trust going into this, right? So maybe if you had one of those two players, would Tim Ream be in your in the conversation? And how much of it is actually his performances and the quality that he is bringing week in and week out in the Premier League? Because we were all sort of like, hey, look. I think Tim Ream has made sense to make this roster for a long time, knowing that if this team wants to sit deeper, he's fine. Do you want to be able to pass through lines? He's who you want on the field. You want to play a high line? Probably not going to be the best option against a, a pacey squad or somebody that could leave you exposed. But circumstantially, he's going to make sense in the national team. So how much do you think is his inclusion or his potential to make this World Cup roster is because of the poor form or because mm -hmm. of the quality of his form right now or injuries? Or do you think it's literally opportunity is, is all sort of blended into this one thing it's, and it's going to lead to this moment of him making a World Cup roster? I think that it is a combination of everything that you mentioned. Because even leading into Japan, Saudi Arabia, if Tim Ream hadn't gone to the World Cup at that point, We'd be like, yeah, okay, it's fine. You know, he's a little bit older. We've seen what he, we, we're going to see from him. We've got younger players that we think can do the job. Fine. We go to Japan, Saudi Arabia. We're having a real struggle playing out of the back. We're playing against opponents that are prepared for clogging the middle of the field so our top attacking players can't really do much when they do get it. Or, or we're now trying to jam passes in there and force it in there, and we're struggling. And now I think it makes it more apparent that we need a good ball-playing center back. John Brooks is out of the equation for whatever reasons. Who knows? He's out. So, so the only other option in that spot, especially a left footer on the left center back spot, that's Matt Beasler was very good at this back in 2014. It's different to have a left footer there because they can hit that switch a little bit more blind. You know what I'm talking about, Heath. But if you have a right footer there, you have to open up your body to hit the switch. And that makes it a little bit more Not even the switch. It's just penetrating balls that too, on your that strong too. foot. When the flow of the game too. is pressing you towards the line, you have to be able to comfortably hit penetrating balls to break down lines of passes and lump the ball mm -hmm. comfortably over the top. Like all those control things that we overlook because primarily you have mostly right-footed center backs. So so let's, let's say it like this. If Fulham was getting overrun right now and just getting absolutely crapped on and, and Tim didn't look good, I don't think we'd be considering him. But when you, when you look at him and how well he's played, the fact that he's being trusted as a captain, we definitely need some leadership <clears throat> on our team, especially in that part of the field, that we struggled <clears throat> passing from that spot, that position, against Japan and Saudi Arabia, our two most recent games, and everything else that's going into it with injuries. I don't think Chris Richards is going to go to the World Cup. I think it's I think it's getting too late. Guys hasn't played many meaningful minutes, and time's just running out on him. Does he have the talent? Yes. Is he going to be ready? I just don't know if you can give him that chance. When yeah, you but have Jimmy, somebody like Tim Ream available. I'm just saying when you have somebody like Tim Ream Jimmy. available who's sharp, I think you go with that. But based on <clears throat> Charlie's math, <laughs> he's doing his rehab amongst very good players. I get that, but, but Tim Reed's playing in the Premier League as well, so you can't really use the Premier League <laughs> example against me. So, oh, so anyway, Charlie a big game for Davies Fulham. Dummy. So, yeah, I don't want to trigger him easily here, uh, Charlie Davies. <laughs> let's, let's, I want to hear Charlie's thoughts on, on Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, and, and Jesse Marsh going to Anfield to play Liverpool, another big test for our players. Tyler looks like he's going to start after missing last week. That's good news, of course, for all, for all of us that support the U.S. men's national team, given how important he is to the team and, and how valuable he is to how we like to play. This is a big, big test. This is uh, Let's leave the Jesse Martin. I think we've talked about his situation enough. But but in terms of what Brendan and, and Tyler can bring to the table here. And this is a, a Liverpool team, Charlie, that's vulnerable domestically but looked very good against Ajax midweek in the Champions League. This seemed to potentially be getting past their sluggish start. What, what do you say about this game and, and for our players? I don't know if you, you could say that they're over it. I mean, they definitely beat Ajax in, in the Champions League, but they lost to Nottingham Forest. And Nottingham Forest was still able to get 10 shots, and seven of them were on target. They they gave Leeds the ball, which is fine, but they were very effective in, in the way they, they got mm -hmm. at goal. And so I think for Leeds, they're going in – I think with the confidence, because once they're back, one, their back backs are against the wall. I mean, you, you, you feel for Jesse Marsh because he's, he's got that, the ax around his, uh, around flowing around his head you, at any moment, they could just say no, we're going to go in a different direction. And, and that's not, that's not great to, to have that um, 
and especially for Brent Aronson and Tyler Adams because they were brought there to play for Jesse Marsh. So you you want to get behind your manager. You want to ob- obviously have a, a big performance against Liverpool because now Tyler Adams' name is, is starting to get floated around with different different clubs. So Manchester United in particular, if you if you can show uh, well against Liverpool, maybe you you obviously put your name in, in that hat as well. So it's it's a big match for both of them. And again, you're playing against some full internationals and guys that you know, will be featuring in the world cup so if you have a great showing that only gives you more confidence and and obviously helps lift leads off the basement floor in the english premier league yeah they're on a nine match winless streak lead so jesse marsh definitely feeling the pressure on the hot seat as it were i don't think there was any even if they were playing well that there was going to be any hope that they go get a result at anfield i think it's going to be next week when they play at home against bournemouth and when they play against wolves in the league cup that will determine jesse marsh's fate given how they perform you can only have so many well we played well for 75 minutes and still lose the game they can't have that and it's being reflected in Jesse's press conferences that he's getting a little tired of how that's going. So we'll see if they can kind of fix this broken record. And I'm excited to see Tyler and Brendan go up against, as you said, Charlie, some of the best players in the world. All right, we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we got some Bundesliga to talk about. We got some Eric Palmer Brown taking on PSG, Weston McKinney and Juve doing their thing against Lecce, and the MLS playoffs, the final four teams remain. Who is going to make it to the final? Come back and hear our thoughts. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to In Soccer. We trust some Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Ledger, Hall, and Charlie easily triggered Davies. And uh, we got some Bundesliga action to talk about. I'm just going to whip through it. And Heath, you can jump in on and decide which one you think is the most important. We got Kevin Paredes, who got his first start of the season for Wolfsburg last weekend. And their 2-2 draw with Bayer Leverkusen. They take on Bochum. So we'll see if he gets a back-to-back start. That would be very cool. We got Gio Reyna. Paul, hopefully, after two consecutive starts, gets another start against Eintracht Frankfurt. That game's happening on Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. On Sunday, we got Union Berlin taking on Borussia Mönchengladbach. So we have Jordan Pifok taking on Joe Scali. Those are the big, big names and the games in Bundesliga. Which one stands out for you, Heath Pierce? Uh, I, Kevin Paredes, that's one that I, you know, I was just like, while you were saying that, I was thinking about, man, what was it like the first times, the first time that I, I, I played matches? Uh, I think I was 22 when I got to Germany. So a little, a little bit older than him, but I just remember the difference between Denmark and Germany being like, oh man, this defend this striker that I'm playing against or winger is doing <clears> all the classic things like checking two, running over the top, checking back, just running me ragged. And when I think about that in the context of like, Kevin Freight is getting 17 minutes here, 20 minutes here, now getting a start. It's such a big leap now for him that I hope that he get, continues to get those starts um, and gets to feel like the 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 the, the weight of uh, the the weight of of the game there, the speed of the game. I think is something different. So he's the one that I'm most looking forward to. The other ones are really exciting as well, given the context of the year. But when I think about beyond 2022 World Cup, he's a player that has. I mean, I don't I don't know if anybody listening or watching this. Uh, remembers him from DC, but I'm um, super potential talent uh, as a fullback or as a winger, just unbelievable on the ball and so explosive that if he can get those minutes consistently now in the Bundesliga, I'm stoked. Well, that's what we need, right? To put a button on that conversation from earlier. We need more players with potential in our national team, Heath Pierce, right? Unfilled raw <laughs> potential. No, All not right. in the national team, not in the national <laughs> team, you know? And by the way, Jimmy, I just wanted to shout out to everybody in the comments because they've just gone off and decided they were going to jump into their own conversation and they're just going back and forth with each other over there, which I appreciate. We're just trying to provide the platform 
yes, for people it. to have some good solid conversation. Even, a, even if they don't want to listen to us, they're fighting hey, each other. With YouTube, love, YouTube chatters, you guys are fam. I love you guys. <laughs> I love the back and forth. Let's go. All right, so Charlie, we got Eric Palmer Brown and Trois. He was captain last week. That's a pretty big deal. We'll see if he's captain again. Taking on PSG, that'll be a big test for them. I think he's on the precipice of maybe breaking in to this roster if Chris Richards is out for sure. So just just if he plays well against the front three of Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe, then then I think you could be like, hey, that's my calling card at that point if I'm going to give Greg Berhalter one last look at what I'm capable of. We got Weston McKinney and Juve, as I mentioned before, taking on Lecce. Uh, Juve have won two straight Serie A games. That's the first time they've done that all season, but they're coming off a 4-3 loss to Benfica, though Weston scored. So he likes to... to to hit the back of the net in, in games where they need him to, but unfortunately it wasn't enough for them to get a win. And it looks like they might be dropping down to the Europa League or getting knocked out completely. We got Sergio Dest didn't travel with Milan to their big win against Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League, <clears throat> but maybe he'll be healthy for this. I don't think he will be. I think they're going to rest him, but I'll, you know, keeping our eyes on that. And then we got Timothy Weah, who came off the bench once again for Lille in their 4-3 win over Monaco. We'll see, though. He hasn't started yet. They're taking on Olympique Lyon. So that will be a big game as well, Lille versus Lyon. And out of those ones, before we get into the MLS playoff preview, which one stands out for you? Which one are you most interested in watching? If I had to say it, I think watching Eric Palmer Brown. Just yeah. Because those, those those three right now are in sync. When you Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, Unreal. they're playing at the highest level. And if, if he can show – that he he's mobile enough to deal with them and cover and just anticipating and, and showing his knowledge of the game, that that's a huge confident boost, uh, confidence boost for Greg, but also for for Eric Palmer Brown just to show he's he's ready for for this competition. But I'm also interested to see uh, Reyna, um, the P folks galley. Uh, if P folk can mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. you know, well he hasn't scored in a while, but he's playing every 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 game. He's starting and, so. and in the Europa League. Yep. Yeah, it's that's for me that's enough. You don't have to score every match as a striker. If you're playing every match and we know his strengths, he's not going to be starting in a single striker formation, but a great option off the bench, that that for me, he has to be a part of this 26-man roster. Uh, yeah, I think as we, in, as we inch closer, though, I think Reem and Pfock are in. I, I like At some point, some picks just make sense, given their form, given how they fit into the system, given that they solve problems that we maybe don't have with some of the other players in our team. And I would be really surprised if they're not in at this point, given that. So that's, that's me putting my Reach. I'm feeling Reem and PFOC are going to be in. All right, let's talk a little MLS Cup playoffs. We are our final four. We have the number one seed, LAFC, taking on the number two seed, Austin FC in the West, and the number one seed, Philadelphia Union, taking on the reigning champions, NYCFC, who have been absolutely lights out since the playoffs started. I mean, they have just been a different gravy, all things considered. Let's go West first with our resident LASC superfan, Hollywood Heath, Edgar Dillon Pierce. Uh, Heath, LAFC, lost to Austin twice this season. Once at home, 2-1. That's where Josh Wolf, the manager of Austin FC and our former teammate with the national team, went to LA the first time around, sat back, and just let LAFC have the ball, then hit them a couple times, 1-2-1. One, one. Then when they played again in August, Austin FC actually played on the front foot and beat LAFC quite handily, 4-1. So this Austin FC team does have the capability. Diego Fagundes in particular, two goals and two assists over those two games. If they keep an eye on him, maybe LAFC can, can figure this out. But I'm hearing maybe Carlos Vela is not 100% healthy. Is that He doesn't always feel 100% healthy at any point, Heath Pierce. Give us your preview on this. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 going to be a tough one, but it's it's when I when I look at the way that they match up together, regardless, it's going to be I think a high scoring match. They're going to go at each other. I don't expect Austin to play too conservative. Uh, I mean, they'll play some conservative because they're playing away from home, but I still see LAFC being the better team in this one because there's a few different ways in which LAFC now have built depth that they can change their style of play if something's not working or change the way in which they sort of build up or attack or try to find their opportunities. But Austin SC, I mean, I know they're at that level of like petty right now, every, of all the, uh, you know, if you've seen all the things that they've been yeah, posting yeah. of like all the experts having them finish like bottom of the West and things like that. But they've been good all year long, scoring goals. They've got a, uh, they've got the envy. They've got uh, Drewsy, who's just unbelievable as well and, and has been in consistent form. You need all of those pieces plus more. And I just think when I put those two together and the home field advantage, of LAFC and them having that same type of form and that same type of quality, whether it's from Arango or Vela 
or or you know across the board. I, I think LAFC still come out on top and and are going to be hosting um, MLS Cup. Having said that, <clears throat> one offs you just don't know. You know, it's well, be well, I will. Game. I want your thoughts on this one too, Charlie, before we, we pivot over to the East, because I just feel like it's it's difficult to beat any team three state straight times in a in a in a season. And and it I think maybe Austin <laughs> just just gonna run out of luck at this point. What I find interesting about the stats, when you look at the overall regular season stats, LAFC were the best transition team in the whole league, but only eighth best in when it comes to possession. And so I wonder if Austin can maybe can sit back, especially to start first 15, 20 minutes, absorb a little bit of all that energy, especially from the fans that they're going to get. And if they can keep it zero, zero, then they can start to find their way into the game, obviously trying to find Driussi as much as possible. How do you see this one playing out, Chuck? I see LFC winning, winning this one. I, I know Austin is better at set pieces and, and when Driussi is in open space, but I think LFC are going to neutralize that and and look to possess the ball a little bit more because they've, they've dropped off or they're going to look to counter. I mean, RSL jumped up to that 2-0 lead early. Mm-hmm. I think if LFC score first and it forces Austin to be a little bit more aggressive, it's just going to create so much more space for Buanga, for Arango, for Vela. Mm-hmm. And for me, LFC have enough playing at home on top of that. I think the two losses to Austin help LAFC tremendously going yeah. into this game. The expectations of like, oh, we're going to win, we're home. Those go away because they keep looking at that 4-1 smacking in LA. So you you have that to say, guys, we're chasing Austin because they the 4-1 the was a, was away was away from was away from home. 2-1? Uh, that was it was a 2 it was a 2-1 at home. home. But, but by the, the way, the last on, match the, on, on the on yeah. the right? Yeah. Yes. No, uh was it? No, the, the no, last, the last time match they played was 4-1. Yeah, yeah, it was four, four one, one in, in Austin. Austin. End of so August. That, that's it's also fresh. In, that's fresh in Austin, but it's also worth it's also worth mentioning in that game that that was the one and done where they said let's put let's put Arango, let's put Vela, and let's put Gareth Bale, three people who want the ball at their feet and see what we can happen. Let's put all the same player on the field at the same time, and then after that game, they were like, well, we said we would do it once, and we did it away from home against the team that was fighting for first place in the West. We're never doing that again. And that was literally the end of the the sort of Bale as a starter experiment and the Vela and Bale kind of like, oh, like they were basically all coming underneath and they had no verticality whatsoever. Arango can pro- provide a little bit of that. But that was an experiment that failed that day. The other one where it was Musovsky up top. Again, you're talking about completely different team than what they have now um, right. as they've kind of gone into the playoffs. And that was sort of an mm-hmm. experimental phase. Yeah. Having said that, if you're Austin, you look at it and you go, I don't care. It's our 11 against their 11. It doesn't matter who you put out. We outfought them. Mm-hmm. We beat them. to every, Like, they literally outcompeted LAFC in both those games. And I think that's an important factor, especially in the playoffs, if you're willing to play ugly. Yeah. Well, another stat, too, that I've seen around the internet is that from the beginning of the season until the middle of August, LAFC had scored more set pieces than any other team in the league. Since then, they've only scored once. Now, that was the game winner against the LA Galaxy. Uh, this past week in, in the playoffs to, to win three to two. But that is, to your point, Charlie, now they're going up against somebody in Austin that is very good on set pieces. Mm-hmm. And and I know this isn't the defensive side of the ball, but I think if LAFC really just want to go, not only win this game, but go on to win the whole thing, they're going to have to be a little bit sharper and get a goal or two on set pieces to get them to hold that trophy at the end. Do you agree? Jimmy, che- cream cheese, Conrad. Spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Spot on. Uh, and I say, let's go over to the Montreal, I mean, the Philadelphia Union versus New York City FC. Let's do it. Let's do and, it. And you're talking about Bedoya, who is questionable. Will he be healthy? I think he needs to be in this game. Would you start him if he could only go 30 minutes? No. Okay. You, can, you can't start him. If, if he can play 45 to 60 – then you start them. I, I'm always of the if you can play 45 45 minutes, then and it's just about fatigue. Then you can play 60. You, okay. you could. It, it depends on the game, but you should be expected to play more than 45 minutes if you can play 45 minutes. I think in a case of oh he can only give us 10 or 15, then you for sure can't start him or 20. But this is a game where I, I look at Philadelphia Union saying. We're just going to keep the narrative on we got to get revenge on New York City FC instead of being the top team in the East and we're scoring all these goals at home and we're unbeaten at home. It's not about that. It's about last year, rematch, 
keep the focus on we have to chase New York City FC. We have to get back at them. We have to dominate and not so much, oh, we're the, we're the big team in the East and this is a New York City FC that doesn't have Tati Castellanos and we're the better, we're the better team we, and we've shown it. So I think that's what's playing in the union's favor. But I think Bedoya has got to be available. Okay, and, and if he isn't, I assume Jack McGlynn, who is one of our talented youngsters, would get the start. And obviously, he's been performing very well for Philly when he gets his opportunities. Now, just to remind everybody, Philadelphia, it, it's, they had the most goals this season in any team of MLS, and they gave up the least amount, and yet they weren't the Supporters' Shield winner. That's unfortunate for them. But they've obviously done it on both sides of the ball. They have... Andre Blake, who got goalkeeper of the year, Jacob Glessness, who got defender of the year, Jim Curtin just got named as the MLS coach of the year. So everything's going right for them, but they still have to go out there and get the results, Heath Pierce. How much do you think last year plays into how Jim Curtin, the manager, is motivating his guys, if at all? Because just to remind everybody else on some fun facts, last season they made Philadelphia Union play against NYCFC at home. When they missed 11 players, many of their core guys, seven or eight of their core guys to COVID. NYCFC were down 1-0 and ended up finding a way to come back in. You could just see the Philly players that probably didn't play a lot, getting a little bit tired. NYCFC scored two late goals, 2-1, booked their ticket to MLS Cup. Do you think that factors into it, a little revenge here? Do you think that that Jim's going to use that card to play? Or do you think like, hey, we're just the best team, NYCFC, for all the reasons that that Chuck said, without Tati Casiados in particular. But they still have Maxi Morales, who's been – God damn it, he's been good. In these but games. he's questionable too. You but know? he's and, unbelievable. That little Maxime guy, Chanel cute as a button, Maxi Morales. God, he's so good. What do you say, Heath Pierce? What's your prediction on this? Again, it's one of those things, if you're in the locker room, you're channeling last year knowing that you got screwed out of, you were 90 minutes away uh, from, from a final and the team that played you and you were a better team in better form uh, and you had to play it, uh, went on to win MLS Cup. And now you're 90 minutes away at home with the best team in the league, the best defense in the league, the best uh, a scoring attack in the league, what more do you need to be able to yeah, beat this right, NYCFC right. team? When you think about yeah. all of the things you need for motivation, uh, it all comes it down. It comes down to all of that. And so I think, I still think, even though, if I were to take all the games I've watched in the playoffs and say there's one, if there's one team based on how they played in the playoffs that I don't want to play, it's probably NYCFC right now. They look yeah, really yeah. good yeah. and confident, and not necessarily over a, a flow of 90 minutes, but they look lethal in terms of like if you make the mistake, they are they have this mindset that they will kill you. And so I wouldn't want to play them, but if you're the Philadelphia Union, you kind of want that second chance. You want like the soccer gods yeah. to come back and right all of the uh, the, the the wrongs uh, that they went through last season. So I still think. Uh, Philly Union are going to win this one and 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 come out to LA for an MLS Cup. Yeah, I think that even though I said it's going to be hard for Austin to beat LAFC three straight times, Philly beat NYCFC both times this time around. But for all the reasons, I I, I guess I just want to see the top seed in the West take on the top seed in the East to for it all for ninety minutes to say this is actually the best team over the course of the season, and that is what I think. We want to see, we need to see, with all due respect to Austin and NYCFC, who have been very good this season as well. So final thoughts. Let's call this a show. Heath Pierce, I'll come to you first. Final thoughts before we let everybody go and they get to enjoy their weekends, and then we'll see them on Monday. Uh, just shout out to uh, Richard Roscoe at LAFC. Just got me some tickets for the uh, 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 Here for we the, go. Shameless uh, plug conference alert. Final. Uh, no, I yeah, can take my kids, which is nice. I, it's not hard to get tickets for me we or anybody that's on this thing. But to be able to bring my kids to another game, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it's the middle of the day, so hopefully they don't fall they don't fall asleep this time. So I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Charlie, final thoughts for you. Any any tickets from the Kraft family to go to Philadelphia Union game? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a former Union player. I, I can that's true. make that's the phone call. That's hey, hey, Charlie, what what, what costume are you? What costume are you wearing to the Philadelphia Union game this weekend? You know, oh, to, to do like a little. <laughs> uh, with your... He's wearing his old Philadelphia Union jersey. Yeah, is what he's but... wear. Charlie <laughs> dresses as Charlie dresses as Charlie Davies every, <laughs> in the national team every year for Halloween, which is great. You know, <laughs> and then people walk by and be like, "He couldn't play for the current team." I know that because yeah. he only scored double for digits sure. in Sweden. That's not good for enough. Sure. All right, everybody, we're going to end it there. So thank you for listening to In Soccer We Trust, as always. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Trash Can, Cream Cheese, Conrad Dino Conrad saying thank you as always. And we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Later.